This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children. But really, telling kids that hell exists is way worse than us saying the occasional fuck. Tonight's episode is brought to you by The Second Coming of Jesus. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. He's not coming, is he? God damn it. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Natalie. Hello. How are you? I am just fantastic. I'm wondering why you seem to have deleted my uh, stage direction from our Google Docs you know, t- that's yeah. you to say hello back to me. Okay. I mean, I, I figured by episode um, 14, I do know how to respond to a greeting. I've, well, I, I've I had some apprehension yeah. as I was reading that. I said, I don't see this instruction here. What if she does not know she's supposed to respond here? What if that does not happen? What if I was just, just sitting here, just quiet, <laughs> just quietly like, in my, on my basement exactly, floor? <laughs> like, like a woman should, waiting for the man to tell her what to do. Well, that I mean, that's why the direction was there. It was those, <laughs> the parentheses were there to tell me what to do. It's... I only I obey men in the Google Doc, I guess. Exactly. But. And me, meanwhile, I'm meanwhile I'm alienating half of our like new listeners that are like, "Holy shit, is he like being He's serious?" Terrible. Right and and he I is. guess I guess we'll never know, will we? <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about our God of the Week? Okay. All right. So who are we going to worship this week? We are going to go back to Greek mythology and um, worship Hermes, the Greek messenger god also the god of merchants and commerce athletics travel and public speaking so he's got a shitload <laughs> like it's like let's, he's a busy dude he's a busy dude so it's like let's give him everything um so i feel like i feel like at some point they must have been like coming up with you know we have the the goddess of love we have the the god of war and, and then they were like a they're just running out of names yeah. of like to, to to give to people b like somebody's got to draw all these guys so so like the artist is probably like, dude, like you, you got to start like doubling and tripling, like quadrupling up on these. And so we, we give, get them, to a, give them all the jobs. All, all yeah, the we get to yeah. a certain point where it's just like, well, merchants and commerce kind of go together. Sports. Sports. Sports because they're fast or something like they you have to, and you have to travel yeah. to play a lot of sports mm-hmm. and and then public speaking because you why, know, not? why not why not so. so according to the story the story which was written by who knows i just found it on the internet um he from like the second day on the planet he was able to walk and talk like super baby pretty much um because he all of a sudden i guess just left whatever you know cave he was living in ever considered this how, how long do you think it took jesus to learn how to talk um what is that process like uh, I never thought about that until like, just like now. Li- like little boy Jesus. Yeah, like if I don't he's, know. Why don't he's, why don't we write that fan fiction sometime? Oh, let's do yeah. it. We'll write we'll write child Jesus fan fiction sometime. But anyways, we've got this um, Hermes who is walking and talking like second day on the planet. He ventures off and like according to the story, he was kind of a cheeky chap, a little scamp, going and um, stealing livestock, cattle from the god Apollo. Um, because why not? So he steals some cows, brings them back to his house. Apollo gets really pissed off and he's like, who the fuck took my cows? And then he finds little baby Hermes, who happens to be the son of Zeus. So Apollo's pretty much is like, oh, I can't really get too mad at this little baby because Zeus is kind of in charge, right? So Apollo just kind of swallows his pride and is like, oh, well, the kid got me. Um <laughs> Like, too bad, I guess. But then 
Apollo and Hermes have sort of a bonding moment. And I'm still, I'm having a hard time because like, according to the story, like Hermes is just like a little dude. And I'm guessing Apollo is just like, I don't know, an adult. But Hermes had the ability, <laughs> like it also to walk, to talk, to steal livestock, but then to also craft some really cool musical instruments. So Apollo, he liked music. So Hermes and Apollo end up just like making music together. Cool, I guess. Um, like Greek mythology garage band or something. Um, <laughs> and so at that point, Hermes is also like, hey, Apollo, hey, dad, Zeus, I want to be a god too. So like a good father, Zeus says, yeah, sure, why not? We've got room for one more. So Hermes becomes like the 12th main god on Mount Olympus. And um, Zeus gives him the job of being the messenger just because um, Hermes was good at kind of wheeling and dealing and talking to people and, you know, I guess getting himself in and out of trouble. So um, he gets some special like winged shoes and gets to travel throughout the lands delivering messages, I guess. Um, and yeah, like the funny thing with this one, Hermes, like it seems like he, his life, whatever was, was pretty solid. Like we've had, I don't know, Osiris getting all decomposed and golden dick attached to him. We've had like the gods who get swallowed into vaginas. We've had like people who like the gods just, just die. Um, but Hermes, I guess like, just flew around delivering shit. So that's not bad. I mean, that that's the dream, isn't it? I, I think that, I think he's living, <laughs> living the Greek God dream. Um, and I can it's tell all, you the dream yeah. is not being crushed to death by a vagina, like it, whatever God that was. No, that was, that was bad. That was really bad. So, so Hermes like pretty solid. Um, this all happened and yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We're not questioning that or making yeah, no, 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 we're, we are not. If, if we were doing that, they would, they would get angry because God's would obviously get angry yeah. at, at humans because because so, they're real and so this week like, yeah like whenever you get a package delivered from Amazon um, pray and thank um, Hermes the messenger god Tonight, we are thrilled to welcome David Silverman to our show. David is the president of American Atheists and is obviously one of the best known atheists in America. Um, he's appeared on many TV programs, um, has served on the executive committee of the Reason Rally, and has written the book, Fighting God, an Atheist Manifesto for a Religious World. So David, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk to us tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, you know what, let's let's get started with talking about Fighting God. Um, I know Dan and I have both recently read it. Um, I kind of want to know what is your what was your inspiration to write the book and who who did you write that book for? Well, I wrote the book twice. Um, when I originally started to write the book in the very early days, it was about it, it, it was intended to be a defense of firebrand atheism. But it was targeted inside the market. It was targeted inside the movement originally, mm -hmm. because I had been called. It was you know the the original version of the original version. You know the, the <laughs> when I first started to write this book, it was entitled "I Dick," because so many people call me a dick, and I was trying to write this this you know don't call me a dick. This is why I'm not a dick uh, book, and so it, it came out and and. and I wrote this book, and it was 50% firebrand atheism, and 50% David Silverman. And uh, it was originally uh, it was it moved from I Dick to I Atheist, which I liked better. And um, right at the very end, after it was edited, um, the publisher and I parted ways amicably, and I was left with a book and no publisher. 
And that's when I found my new publisher, St. Martin's. And St. Martin's basically took everything about me out of the book. Okay? Mm-hmm. So St. Martin's is one of the biggest publishers in the world. And they took everything about me out of the book. So what happened was I was left with, left with a book and no publisher. Or, uh, sorry, a, um, a half a book yeah. with a publisher. And they said, okay, you got six months to finish the book, to refinish the book, and to finish it for a mass market. <laughs> and so uh, what I wrote, and now that you two have both read the book, you'll, you'll, you'll clearly see what I wrote. I wrote the book entitled The Atheist Art of War. That's yeah. what I wrote. That's what yeah. fighting God is. If you, yeah. it, 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 the exact book was just, it was, I wrote it to be the atheist art of war. And um, it was geared toward then, it was broadened out towards the larger, broader audience of whether you're in the movement or out, out of the movement, when you're an, whether you're an atheist, whether you know you're an atheist or not. Um, if you're an atheist, this book is for you, that kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, I, I got to tell you, if you ever write a book, you got to get yourself an editor who would tell you to cut half your book, including all the stuff about you. <laughs> They're just like, we, we don't want that. Just, uh, just don't, you, even, you, don't even try it. Just you, you, you want it. I mean, I'll tell you, the, the book Fighting God is so much better than I Atheist was, was going to be. That book was going to be published. That book yeah. was going to be published. And I am so happy that nobody's ever going to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, I have I have to say the uh, just I and I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before or before I read it because it's it's such an obvious thing is if if you don't like the just the kind of central theme of it at least the first part is if you don't believe in God you're an atheist so if you which is obvious to us but when just like you say when we introduce terms like humanism or secularism or agnostic or some sort of hodgepodge of all all three of those lumped together it i mean you're absolutely right it does confuse the hell out of people and they don't know what you're talking about oh. in the first place and and who does that help who does that help yeah. just, just think about i mean that confusion think about what that does to us i mean i, I spoke about this at the rally and i really i mean i i drove this home and fighting god i mean we have if you how many times have i gone on tv and Hannity or O'Reilly has said, look at you, you're 2% of the population. And right. that, that, that's of course what he's going to say. And you can go on YouTube and you can find lots of interviews or lots of debates where people throw at me, atheists are only 2% of the population. We're 27% of the population. The only problem is so many of us don't call ourselves atheists. We go way out of our way not to call ourselves atheists. So we look tiny and powerless and insignificant. So in Fighting God, I quantify my stuff, all right? When I talk about numbers and when I say, when I, when I throw out that, America, that, that the United States, the adult population is approximately 27% atheist today and that our polls say we're a two and a half percent atheist today. I'm not making stuff up. I'm not counting people who believe in God but aren't religious. I'm talking about people absent of belief in a God, 27% today. And I can back that up with quantitative independent evidence, quantitative independent research that I can combine together and use to make those numbers. I do it correctly. And I can back my stuff up. And this is such an important message because so many people out there are going to think, oh, there's no way we're that big. Oh, this guy Silverman's off the deep end. No, I'm not. And this problem of ours really is that big. 
We are 90%, 90% of the atheists in this country don't call ourselves atheists. We call ourselves humanists or agnostics or much more common Muslims, Christians, and Jews. We call ourselves all sorts of different things instead of what we are. And so when people like O'Reilly or Hannity look at us, they, they can just scoff to their audience. These guys, they're 2% of the population. You know, we're believers. We're 70% of the population. They're nothing compared to us. Majority rules in this country. You can do that if you use those numbers. If you use my numbers, it's 27% atheist, 25% Catholic. Let's talk those numbers. Let's talk like that. Let's be specific. Let's be right and let's take our place. And we can't do it if we hide behind all these euphemisms. If we hide behind this, this need to not call ourselves atheists. Because when you, when you look for reasons, when you look for other names to call yourselves, you're, what, you're, what you're saying is, I'm not an atheist. When you say, I'm an agnostic, I'm a secular humanist, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a whatever, you are saying, I'm not an atheist. Right. And that's the problem that we have. Right. You're saying, you're yeah, saying I, that you aren't. And, and it's that whole like being out and open as an atheist. And I love in your book, you have that whole list of like, you know, if, if you don't have a belief in a literal God, you're an atheist. And then you kind right. of go on to give all these other examples. And I'm sure this is the kind of thing that people like people should read that list and yeah. then come to that. Like you kind of come to that natural conclusion of, oh, I, like I, I am an atheist. And then, no. yeah. You know, Natalie, you can't be almost pregnant, right. and, and you <laughs> no. can't, and you can't almost sorta be an atheist, and you can't almost sorta be a believer. You believe that there is a God, or you don't. Right. Okay. You think that there's one up there. It's not about wishing there is one up there. It's not about I don't know, so I'm not going to say. It's not about um, well, I really like the secular trappings of the religion in which I was raised. It's about do you think. There is a literal supernatural intelligence. Do you think one's up there? Not do you wish it was up there? Not wouldn't it be nice? Nice. Do you think so? Do you think there's one up there? Do you think there's a literal supernatural intelligence up there? If you say yes, you're a theist. If you say no, you're an atheist. And if you say, well, I don't know, you're an atheist because you right, don't because think you don't there is. That. Okay? Yeah. So and you're so, one or the other. Right. And so it's that's the correct definition and that means that if you um really love going to church and if you call yourself a christian and if you accept the sacraments and if you uh do all those things and you and you really love the things that jesus said on the sermon of the mount but you don't think he was supernatural you don't actually think Original sin is real. You don't actually think God the Father is a living supernatural entity. You're an atheist, and you need to realize that you're an atheist. If you're going through the motions, you're an atheist. And if you think God is love, you know, you've got a definition, a different definition for God, that God is love, or God is all of us, or God is, oh, I don't know, a metaphor for anything else that's real. Okay? Yeah. If your God is a metaphor for anything that's real, you are not a believer. You are an atheist. If God is a metaphor, you're an atheist. God is, gods are, intellect, uh, intelligent, supernatural beings. That's what a God is. It's not an emotion. It's not all of us putting together. It's not the universe. 
A God is a living supernatural being. And if you don't believe in a living supernatural being, you're an atheist and you should realize it and deal with it because you're right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, by the way, don't forget, you are right. That means that your views yeah, that is. Are, the only, yeah. are the only religious views in the world that are logically consistent with everything else that we know in the world to be true. Atheism. That is, atheism. That, you know, there's a word for that. There's a word for when you have a, 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 a proposal or a belief that is, in con that is in agreement with everything else in the world that we know to be true. That word is correct. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, uh, again, I, I've been, I know in the past, at least myself and, and, and I know Natalie uh, a little as well, we've been somewhat apologetic about it. Uh, and that's something that I've gotten over. And especially, you know, after reading your book, uh, definitely have gotten past that because I, I just, I never thought, because as skeptics, we kind of shy away from saying things like, this is a fact, uh, just in general. Yeah. I say like, this is a fact. This is absolute. This is, this is right. And that's kind of, you know, when you say, you know, this is the truth, you know, yes. there are no gods. You yes. Know, Genesis, yeah. we can prove Genesis wrong in like, in like the first three lines, like yep. that's wrong. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and, and we can compare it to the same thing to, to evolution. Evolution is a fact and, yes. and nobody has a problem with that. So there's no reason for us to back away from saying it's a fact that there are no gods. And, and we well, really and have to own that. We really have to own the fact. And, and this is a big case when it comes to the word agnostic. When you're mm -hmm. talking about people who are agnostic, who call themselves agnostic, you know, we do have these words in our language, truth, certain, fact, definite. And we use them all the time. And when we use the word agnostic, we elevate religion above that which we know to be true. We say, well, this thing in my hand is definitely a cell phone. My name is definitely David Silverman. I am sure the sun is going to come up tomorrow, but the invisible magic man in the sky gets a maybe. Yeah. We elevate religion above facts when we call ourselves agnostics, which is why nobody should ever call themselves agnostics. It, part of it, I, I understand that part... The people that some people that do, I understand their thought process behind it. Obviously, you know, I'm on the side of, that you're on. I agree with you wholly on that. Well, yeah. And they're being it's it's being apologetic and, and just like you say, it's it's giving in to religious privilege that these ideas are deserving of respect in the first yes. place when they're not. Well, yes. and and can I I you know just while we're kind of on this topic, um, David, you tweeted something. I think it was like a week ago, and I and I sent it to you. Like we need to talk about this. Okay. Um, and you said, you know, why is it? good to teach a like user of homeopathy or psychics about reality, but we can't attack like closely held religious beliefs because yeah. of this religious privilege. Um, yeah. so why, why can't, and it's, it goes back to being apologetic, I think, um, because religion has this, it does have a privilege in this country. Oh, a huge um, privilege. And, I mean, and, all and over the place. It. So, and, and we do, and so how has that happened and what can we do to kind of break that cycle? Well, it, it, it's happened because almost all the atheists in this country were indoctrinated into religious beliefs to some extent, right? We were, yeah. Most of us were raised by religious parents. Most yeah. of us were raised, um, you know, and we were all, you know, victims of that indoctrination. And yeah, we don't, might not believe it, but we're still imbued with the concept that, well, first of all, we have to show respect because if we don't show respect to religion, we're not showing respect to our parents and we love our parents and we want to show respect to our parents and it will hurt our parents. So we have to show respect to religion. Um, and that is horrible. That is horrible. Um, it, it allows religion to live and it's incredibly disrespectful to your parents. I mean, I've got a 19 year old kid and if they, um, I, I can't imagine 
anything that they would do. Uh, but if they ever did a thing, if they ever became a thing or did a thing, yeah. and refused to tell me and hid from me because I couldn't handle it. Maybe they want to become a nun. Maybe they want to become a preacher. Maybe they, I, don't, I don't, whatever it is. Yeah. But if they, if whatever it was, if they couldn't come and tell me, if they decided not to tell me because I couldn't handle it, that would be incredibly insulting to me. Mm-hmm. That would be incredibly insulting to me. And so what the problem is, yeah, we've all been indoctrinated into respecting this religion, and we've all been indoctrinated into this whole concept that the religion that our parents believed in is somehow respectable, and we are disrespecting our parents when we disrespect their religion. And that's all benefiting religion and hurting us as a species. That all makes religion uh, uh, a protected class. That all makes it larger, makes it richer, makes more people uh, stay with it, and by the way, completely disrespects the people that we're hiding from. Because guess what? They might step up. They might. They might step up. They might actually tell you they're atheists too. Or they might say, hey, you know what? It's great if you're an atheist. I'm just not. They might step up, but when we don't tell them, we, uh, we, don't, we don't allow that to happen. So how do we break this? Well, how do we break this, uh, this idea that atheists are helping religion? Well, the first thing we have to do is realize it. The first thing we have to do is realize that we atheists are victims of religious indoctrination by and large. On a societal level and on a micro level, by and large, we are victims of it. If we think, if, if, if there's something better to, better um, about, if, if I go to my mom and she's going to a psychic and I tell my mother not to go to a psychic anymore and she agrees not to go to a psychic anymore. And then if I go to my mother and she's going to church and I tell her not to go to church anymore and, and we talk about it and she decides she's not going to go to church anymore. If those two events aren't even in your mind, that's the religious indoctrination. That's the religious privilege. Okay. If it's better to help somebody away from homeopathy or astrology, but it's, than it is to help somebody away from religion, you're skewed because it's a hell of a lot better to help people away from religion. It's much harder, it's much less pleasant, it's much more difficult, but it's much better for the people listening. And that's what makes it humanistic. And I think, I think that the counter to that, like the only, like even maybe 20% viable argument I can see to that would be the people that say, well, they do, churches do a lot of help, help in the communities and they, they, you know, food pantries and homeless shelters and things like that. Churches will often overstep like their capabilities and what they think they can do and what, what the services that they try to offer. Or, you know, you look at the, the Catholic church where they, you know, just are tr- trying to ignore just decades of sexual abuse yeah. like that. And it, it's, it's, it's not, it's, their, their hearts are in the right place, but their actions are not benefiting society as a whole. And also, it doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. The, if they want to have a social club that does good work, that's fine. That's not my problem. My problem is the lie. The lie of God. Right. Okay? And, and that's the only thing that I attack. Yeah, if a church wants to get together and, and do some food and do a food bank, the church should get together and form a 501c3 and become a food bank. Or do yeah. some sort of charity work. If they want to do that stuff, great. Do right. it. Do so it. The more, do it. the more like um, you know, humanistic works that are happening in the world, the better. But exactly. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Definitely. Definitely a fan of that. But but let's but but let's not let the the conversation be derailed here. 
religion is a lie and a scam and a con, okay? If you uh, are a, a part of a lie and a scam and a con and it makes you feel good, you're still a victim of a lie and a scam and a con. And you're still helping other people raise their children in that lie, in that scam, in that con. And we have to understand this. And we have to understand, going back to what you were saying before, Dan, that we are right, that we are mm. correct. Our view is the only religious viewpoint that is logically consistent with everything else that we know to be true in the world. In other words, when we say we're right, we actually are right. When they say they're right, they're actually wrong. And they say they're right and they're wrong. And we say we're right and we are right. And how do we know? Because our system, is, our uh, logic is the only logic that is consistent with everything else that we know to be true in the universe. And it, it has never been proven to be wrong. It's never been shown to be incorrect. Never once. And I want to make that clear too because you mentioned absolutes and you mentioned hedging. And I want to make sure that everybody hears this because I, I put this out and we have to own how right we are, okay? We have to own it. And I put this in my book and I'll say it right here. If anyone anywhere in the world can provide any scientifically valid evidence for anything supernatural ever, I'll quit my job. Anything supernatural ever. Their ghost Hunters has been on the air for 10 seasons. Nothing. If they can any ghost anywhere ever, any astrologer, any psychic, any demon, any ghost, any god, any time, anywhere, once, I'll quit my job. I'm not afraid because it's all a lie, all a scam. Yes, it's definitely all a lie. Yes, it's definitely all a scam. Yes, we are definitely right. And if anybody out there can prove me wrong once, oh, I can prove religion wrong all over the place. <laughs> right? Yeah. We could all prove religion wrong all over the place, but nobody on the planet can prove me wrong. I double dog dare you. Prove me wrong once, anyone, anywhere, anything supernatural ever, and I'll quit my job. We are right. They are wrong. And we need to own it. Because if we don't own it, the entire lie itself will run this world. And it is. And it will continue to do that. And that's why, you know, it's all about like breaking the, the cycle of indoctrination. And yeah. that's where obviously the, the idea of firebrand atheism comes in, I would think, because yeah. now it is time to be more outspoken. Um, and so for, for people who don't know the term, like what does firebrand atheism mean? And like, and why is this so important right now? So Natalie, this is, this is the thing, okay? Firebrand atheism is telling the truth irrelevant of privilege. That's what it is, okay? And that's all it is. So many people, again, the original version of my book was I dick. So many people think I'm a dick. So many people think I'm such a bad guy because they look at me on Fox News and they see me arguing with O'Reilly or whoever is there and they, they, they see my aggressive side. Folks, everything I do is about humanism. Everything I do is about being nice. Everything I do is about being a good guy. And firebrand atheism understands that. Firebrand atheism implies that you need to understand that being honest, telling the truth, calling a scam a scam, talking to people about it is a good deed. It is something you are doing for them. It's like I said before, if I were to um, attack somebody's religion, it wouldn't be pleasant. It wouldn't be fun. It would be distasteful to me, but it would help them. Those are all true statements. And firebrand atheism is the admission that that's true. 
that that's a good deed, that that is humanism, that firebrand atheism is actual humanism. It's not about kumbaya, your religion is okay, my religion is okay. That's not humanism. That's laziness and cowardice. And I'll tell you what else, it's not compassion. It's not nice and it's not something that I would ever do to somebody. Your religion is, is not okay. And why am I saying your religion is okay? Because I'm too much of a wuss to say the truth. I know your religion isn't okay, but when I say it is, I'm lying to make myself feel better. So that you don't get mad, but you don't get any help either. You get the legitimization. It's, it's so bad. I mean, think about it. You've got this belief in your head. And you can have that belief reinforced or you can have it challenged. If you have it reinforced, that's not good if it's a wrong belief. If it's a wrong belief, to have it challenged is good. This is plain and simple logic. I'm not playing any word games here. It's good to help people away from a lie. Firebrand Atheism knows that. Firebrand Atheism says, okay... This is a lie. This is a scam. And I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm going to be a good person and a humanist by telling you so, so that you can think about it and churn on that and maybe free yourself from it. And you might get mad at me, and that's too bad, but it's still a good deed for me to try and help you away from the lie of God. Well, because it's, it's, it's attacking the essentially the beliefs, not the person. Exactly. You're wanting yeah. to, to help people. Just be able to... Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I think live a more fulfilling life when you're not living in fear or whatever of this supernatural being that has some kind of crazy control over your actions in your mind. I've, so, I've, I've, never, yeah. I've never met, I've never met an atheist who left religion and, 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 and felt like they lost something. Yeah. I've never met an atheist who left religion. It's like, wow, it was better back there. No, it's, I mean, I think, I think you gain more of yourself because you're not constrained by, by that, the dogmatic beliefs and, and everything that was holding you hostage, I think before. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, by, by speaking out about all of this, it obviously hopefully can serve to, to help people understand that life is, is still very well lived and better so without you know, and, constraints. And, and it's a nice thing to let them know that. And I want to make sure that you, you, you made a point that I want to make sure it said, I do not attack people. Yeah. I do not attack people. I never call anybody stupid. I never insult their intelligence because they're not dumb. And people don't get smart when they leave religion and come to a, 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 when they leave religion. They don't. Their <laughs> IQ right. doesn't increase. Okay, so we can't be all about oh we're so smart. We can be about we're right and they're wrong, and we can be about they're victims of a lie. So we have to show compassion to these people. And that's again what fighting God talks about, and, and what firebrand atheism is. It's truth. Because compassion. That's why we're doing this, because it's the nice thing to do. We're trying, yes, of course, we want our country to be better for us and for our children as well. But when you're talking to a person and when you're talking to a theist, it is extremely compassionate to tell them that their religion is a lie. It's the nice thing to do. It's not the pleasant thing to do. It is the nice thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And it's not about insulting the person. It's about insulting the religion, the lie that holds them prisoner. Now, Dan, would you like to kind of bring up um, Islam and how we we've kind of been talking lately about how we can how we handle it? Yeah. And yeah, this this actually came up over the weekend when I was actually listening to it as I was driving to my parents house. Uh, We got to the the part of of your book that discusses Islam and Islamophobia um, inspired me to to post uh, a meme that referred to it it didn't outright call it. It just implied that Muhammad was a pedophile rapist because, you know, that's what happens when you fuck a nine-year-old. Right. But, <laughs> but there, like, obviously, I'm guessing you probably under, 
can can predict the 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 backlash that came from this this, this factual statement, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do how do you how do we address these people who who say like any sort of criticism of Islam? Because I and that's not even necessarily a criticism. It's it's just a statement of fact of what they believe. That how this, this statement of fact what they believe actually happened. How how do we how do we talk to people and and defend the fact that it's not Islamophobic? It's just. I mean, a it's a statement of fact, but also b like it's we can still criticize Islam while not being you know xenophobic or racist or anything like that. Uh, so, so in my ex- experience, a lot of people who use the words uh, Islamophobic and xenophobic don't know the inf- and, and racist don't know the mm-hmm. definitions of the words. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so first get the definition of the words, and then find out if telling ask them if telling the truth fits that definition. Okay, is Islamophobia an irrational fear of of, of Muslim people? Well, okay. Is say the, 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 is this quote real? Does this quote say this? So does that mean that this is an irrational fear of Muslim people? No. This is telling the truth about the religion. If I m- make a meme that says, um, uh, if a man lay with a man as he lay with a woman, he shall be stoned to death and his blood is on his own hands. Is that anti-Christian? Is that anti-Semitic? It's not. It's a quote from their Bible. And if, if, we're, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're talking about quotes, and by the way, there's a lot of crap in all religions, and Islam is not unique in its crap. But, right. and, you know, if you, I mean, I have just been called so many different, different things, I just get so tired of it. Um, I don't even pay attention to the names people call me anymore, because most people don't know what it means. But, I mean, if, you, right. if, you're, if you're criticizing a religion, um, you are doing a good deed. And if somebody says, hey, you shouldn't criticize my religion, it makes me unhappy, you should go back with, hey, I think criticizing religion is a good deed. I think I'm doing the right thing and I think I'm raising awareness of the facts so that people can see them. And if you don't like the facts of your religion, then it's up to you to reconsider your religious beliefs. I'm not saying that we would never, I I would certainly never say all Muslims are X or all Arabs are Y. That would be Islamophobic or racist as it would be. That would actually be Islamophobic and or racist as it would be. But if we're talking about, hey, Islam's a shitty religion because uh, there you can go off into cells and you can defend all of this crap with it. Yeah, that's all true. Now it's also true that you can do the same thing with other religions. We have to know that. But that doesn't mean we have to just limit ourselves. It doesn't mean we have to stop ourselves from 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 responding to from from allow from we allow ourselves to in, to insult religion or to insult Islam itself. Um, religions can't be insulted, right? You can only inf- the insult yeah, to a religion can only be inferred. The thing we about can't, it, yeah, we can't go ask God if he's if he's insulted by something. Exactly, Dan. So if I if I insulted Dan and Natalie said, "Hey, you shouldn't insult Dan," and Dan said, "No, no, 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 Natalie, it's cool." Uh, Dave and I go way back, and it's not really an insult, and everything's good. Yeah. And then Natalie yeah. would say, "Okay, well that's fine," but they can't do that with religion. With religion, yeah. you say, "Huh, my God is not going to come in and say, well, that insults me." So they just infer it. They just infer it. And so you can infer them right through it. Prove your God is insulted. Let him well, kill me right that. now. Let, <laughs> let your God kill me right now. I can insult your God. You want me to insult your God? I'll show you what right, my God insult looks like. But that's not what we're <laughs> supposed to do. That, like, that's just, yeah. no, that's just being mean. Yeah. But no, I don't yeah, let... How sensitive is your God in the first place that he's even in a position to be insulted? Right. I, I think, Dan, uh, answer one to your question of what do we do about people who call ourselves, who call us Islamophobic when we insult Islam, uh, I think rule one of that is stop caring. Stop mm-hmm. caring. Because I stopped caring a long time ago, and honestly, I don't know who is calling me what these days. 
I do not pay attention to it at all. I just do my thing. And you should do your thing. And if somebody says, ah, you're an Islamophobe, well, why don't you just tell them to look up the word and move on? I don't, I don't even care. Yeah. You know, those are all just straw man arguments anyways. Okay? Right. It, 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 it's not a matter of whether or not you're an Islamophobe. It's a matter of whether or not the thing, the meme that you just posted is true. That's well, the and thing. I think, I think something you said is it's not, it's not, it's not an irrational fear of Islam. It's an educated fear of, of a religion that is built on, you know, built, built, like you said, the book, it's built on these ideas of, you know, in living in the harsh conditions of a desert where, you know, you have groups of raiders. Like that's what it's built on. That's what yep. its foundation is. Yeah. And, and so it's not an irrational fear. I don't, uh, I went to an event last month, uh, talking about separation of church and state and there was, um, uh, any mom there. And, you know, we were talking like, I don't have a fear of that person, but at the same time, I know I've read enough of the Quran and about the Quran to know that it is, you know, just like the, the Christian Bible is too. It's got some pretty violent parts. Yep. In it. Yeah. It, it's got some awful parts in it. And, and we need to be able to speak about that. And we should definitely not be afraid to speak about that. Um, in fact, I think it's our specific duty to speak about it, but not to speak about it as if Islam is the only one that's doing it. Remember, when we're right. talking about Islam, it, when we're talking about Islam, when we're talking about religion, we need to remember that all religion, all of it is individual. All religion is cafeteria religion, okay? Mm -hmm. And that the, 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 the Muslims across the street from you, the nice family who just want brotherhood and love, and the people walking through the streets of Paris shooting innocents with machine guns, they both have something very much in common. They were both sure God is on their side. And that goes true for every single Catholic, too. Every single Christian. Every single Jew. Everybody thinks God agrees with them. And that means that we have to deal with the fact that, yeah, Islam might have a lot of cells that have um, really, really violent tendencies based on their book, and it also might have a, a, a lot of cells uh, with really peaceful tendencies based on their book. But the, the unpleasant truth is that it's all the same. It's not about Islam. It's about the cells themselves. It's about what religion has done and how, it's, how, how the religion has, has spurned forth. You know, the, the Quran may have spurned forth a, a lot of different really negative cells. And in reality, we can't really blame Islam because it also spurned off all the, you know, some nice stuff too. Um, we have to realize that it's not Islam and it's not Christianity and it's right. not Judaism. It is religion itself that is bad. It is it's, all yeah. religion that is bad. It is the lie that there's a man in the sky that knows what you, he, that knows what he wants you to do and that there's a man on earth, usually a man on earth, who knows what the man in the sky wants and you should listen to him. That is the problem. That is the problem. And the reason that we don't like to deal with it, you know, you get the Muslims across the street, they say, we're the real Muslims. Those guys in Al-Qaeda, in, in ISIS, they're not the real Muslims. And you go to ISIS and they say, we're the real Muslims. And those guys in New Jersey, they're not the real Muslims. They're both wrong. It's all individual. Well, and, and it's all wrong. And the, and the issue, you know, it's, I mean, it's come up a lot during kind of like this, this election season. I mean, religion. I mean, pe people are making decisions for entire nations in the name of, you know, like the United States being a Christian nation or, or whatever bullshit, you know, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I kind of, you know, my, the one little topic I want to kind of close this out is, is, I mean, can you just talk to the importance of the atheist voter this year, like uh, this election season? So, so the atheist voter is really doing a, a big thing. The, I, I, you know, we, we started atheist voter to, 
uh, get atheism into the conversation, and it's really worked well uh, at American yeah. Atheists. We're really proud of how much Atheist Voter has injected atheism into the conversation. Um, the the absolute most important thing that when we're when we're voting is to be seen, is to be seen as atheists, and it's it's so important that that people not only vote but that you vote wearing an atheist shirt. Uh, if you go to go to a political rally, you're going to go to a political rally. You're wearing an atheist button. They got to know you're there. They got to know you count, and it can't be with any euphemisms. Not humanist. Not agnostic. Not secular. Atheist. That's the word that is understood by 90% of the country. Secular is understood by 30% of the country. Atheist is understood by 90% of the country. Use the word so that people see you and talk about it. And when you talk about yourself, call yourself an atheist voter. Call yourself an atheist citizen. Call yourself an atheist. It's so important that the politicians hear from us that when you have any chance, if you ever have a chance to talk to a politician, I'm an atheist and I think it's great that you're doing this. I'm an atheist and I think it's bad that you're doing that. Put the face to the word. Get seen. It is so important, especially coming out of this election with the Bernie Sanders thing coming out. It is so important that people see faces of atheists right now, loud and proud and underscore proud underscore proud, okay? You're right. They're wrong. It's about time we say we're right and they're wrong. It's about time we say, at very least, I'm proud to be right. And it's it's absolutely imperative, Natalie, thank you for bringing this up before we close out. It's absolutely imperative that as we go into the election, that atheists are so visible, as visible as possible. I say, you know, in my book, I say that it's atheist activism to wear an atheist shirt out in public. And that is, but that activism is multiplied when it's near an election. Multiplied when we're talking about elections. Uh, when you, when you, when you're talking to a candidate, when you're talking about voting, when you're talking to your friends, it's all about the A word and, and being visible and being out because we don't have the political clout because we're only 2.5% of the population, 27 but if we can actually earn that place, if we can actually take our place, if the people who are atheists would simply tell the truth, simply tell the truth that they are atheists, this country could change in two election cycles. Well, thank you, David. And, and really, thank you for all that you do to kind of bring, bring a voice and a face to atheism in our country today. And really, thank you for, for yeah. doing this with us. It's been a real pleasure to to talk to you and for you to share all of this with our audience. So, yeah. Well, my, it's been my pleasure. I want to thank you both for having me on and spending so much time with me and letting me rant a little bit because <laughs> as, as you can see, you know, we, we, when we first started to do the show, we said, oh, we'll try and keep it under 30 minutes and down to 30 minutes. We totally failed at that. Not because of you, but because once you get me talking, it's really hard to shut me up as you have figured out. I was say before we started recording, I was not joking. We can do an impromptu twenty-four hour marathon. And if I wasn't, and if I wasn't hungry, <laughs> and my family wasn't waiting for me, I would totally do just that. <laughs> well, well, definitely. Like Natalie said, we uh, is 
thank you so much for joining us. If uh, if we want to see more of you, read more about you, where can we follow you on Twitter, Facebook? Okay, so that, that's good stuff. So uh, again, the name of the book is Fighting God, an Atheist Manifesto for a Religious World. It is the first Atheist Manifesto to be published by a major publisher in American history. Uh, and it's, uh, I'm really happy with it. Uh, that's available anywhere. Uh, American Atheists is the organization that I am privileged to run. Uh, it was founded by, Nad- by Madeleine Murray O'Hare in 1996, or I'm sorry, 1963, and um, the website for American Atheists is atheists.org. Um, the, web, the Twitter handle for American Atheists is at American Atheist. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I use the term that was given to me by Stephen Colbert himself on his own show. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Mr. Atheist Pants. You, you, will we'll have, have, you will never forget that that Twitter handle. That is fantastic. It is mine, 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 and I am keeping it forever. Okay. okay. We will we will put links to all those in the show notes for you. Oh, thanks a bunch. Hey, thanks again for having me on, folks. Thank you so much. This is David Silverman, and you're listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. Let me try it again. Awesome. Let me try that again. And isn't it a isn't it a science enthusiast? The what well, we call it the Science Enthusiast because, Podcast because I'm included in that. It's not just it's, that's it's not that's just inclusion. Party of We're going for inclusion yeah. here. It's not just the okay. dance show. Yeah. Let me let me try take two. <laughs> let me try take two here. <laughs> okay.
This is David Silverman, and you're listening to the Atheist Sci- Fuck, what was it called? Atheist <laughs> Sci- <laughs> you are listening to the Atheist Okay, let me try it again. Ready, right, ready? Right, right. All right, ready? <laughs>